0: The the whole idea of failure is quitting, to yeah. me. So if, if that becomes a synonym of I've, I don't fail unless I quit, then and we just stay at it. We're gonna win.
1: As as men of God,
0: so we'll go there. As men of God,
1: we just don't quit. I mean, we have to be steadfast and move always abounding. And it's not a tongue in cheek when we speak the word. The word is the life we stand on. Well,
0: what do you stand it on? Yeah. I mean, it's real easy. The foundation you get, you got rock or granite or you've got sand now more than ever it takes guts to live for god on this podcast we're talking to leaders
1: coaches politicians and industry influencers about what it takes to live the god kind of life you're listening to the it takes guts podcast with bill Shear.
0: well i want to welcome everybody back to the show this is uh i'm I'm excited about this um I'll tell you what's great about these podcasts is we just get to handpick, cherry pick the, the favorite people in my life. So that's, we're proceeding with that today. Um, I want to welcome Josh Turpin to the podcast today. Um, and we've known each other for years and, been through a few things together and have, I, I, there's no one on the planet I trust more. and, everything in my life is predicated upon trust. That's the currency of my life. That's the, that's the values of my life. Everything it's predicated in the, the trust level I have for you, Josh is off the charts. So we, we can talk. I want to, I want I want to introduce you, but I also want to get a wife and a couple of girls and, and a thriving business that's ever expanding. And, um, you're taking new ground, building something in, important, but faithful to God, the church, and to me. So, I appreciate you. So, welcome, Josh. Thank you, sir. So
1: I'm glad to be here. Um, this is fun. It, uh, we spend a lot of time together, but it's, it's, it's interesting doing it in this setting and actually capturing some of these conversations. Um, so, I'm, I'm appreciative. Likewise, uh, things we've gone through in life 15, 16, 17 years now. And, and uh, um, you've been a a true north and all that. So thank you. Excited to be here.
0: Well, and you use that, that, that term capture because, you know, I'm, I'm kind of late to the podcast party, I think, but, (laughs) you know, I I guess that's, it is what it is, but that's all we're doing. We're just capturing kind of microcosms of what life is yeah. and, and that it it's not that we don't get knocked down. It's not that we don't, um, um, our backs aren't against, against the wall or we're not cornered. It's that if we do get knocked down, we get back up. And yeah. that's the, that's the key to life. It's not, you know, the, the whole idea of failure is quitting yeah. to me. So if if that becomes a synonym of, I I don't fail unless I quit, then, and we just, Stay at it. We're going to win. Well, that's, and that's
1: for me, that's just a culture piece of who we are. And as, as men of God, so we'll go there as men of God, we just don't quit. I mean, we have to be steadfast and move always abounding. And it's not a tongue in cheek when we speak the word, the word is the life we stand on. Um, there's a, I think taking that word and not just knowing it, but living it out is what makes it great. And, and you'd mentioned wife and kids and military, you know, I'd been in the military. I, that is was pivotal to who I am as a man of God. How long were you in the military? 10 years total. Wow. Yeah, so I did. um, In 2002, I went in, um, which was interesting because I went into the military. You know, I get up one day, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I'd I'd been out running around with some guys, and I I woke up the next day, and I thought, I can't be like these guys when I'm 25. Pretty good people. I mean, you know, not not any overly bad people, but just I was like, that's not the life I'm going to live. So, you know, I grew up Shadow Valley Trailer Park out in Vixby, and I'm sitting on the steps that go up into the trailer house, and I just thought, I've got to do something different. And uh, the military was that. And um, the, what it instilled in me as a, as a man, and we've had a couple military guys come through the church, and so I'm stealing something. I think it's been over two years, so I don't think I have to give them credit. Um, but, man, the military just knocks I mean, it slaps a 17-year-old out of you. Yeah. And, and Gosh, that's what happened the lack of confidence, the insecurities, all those things, the lack of discipline, the ownership of your life and those around you, it laid the groundwork for that. And then I gave my life to Christ and overlaid that with that. And uh, the trajectory of my life went up from there.
0: The The amazing thing that just what's capsuled in my heart for you is adapting to the disciplines or or laying hold of the disciplines that I'm sure that's what you were looking for in the military. Mm-hmm. That's what you that's what you found in Christ. I mean, and that's what this is. That's we're disciples. And so ten years in the military, you were deployed a number of times.
1: Yep. So um interesting. I I, I joined the military in two thousand two. Went to Fort Knox, did all my my training, did all that stuff, got down to Fort Hood, and I don't think I was there for maybe six months, and our unit, our division, got noticed that we were deploying to Iraq in early 2003. So I had just come out of basic, was just really learning my role as a scout um, in a small, we were a task force scout, so a smaller smaller group of guys, and so I was really just getting my arms around that. and. We got notice we're, we're deploying. So what's interesting with that is, is just taking hold of the moments in life to really learn. And I think we get passive sometimes. I think we have all the time in the world to, to figure things out. And and there's moments that we're going to wade into. And if you didn't take the time to grab a hold of, whether it be a technical training or, or understanding, whatever it is, the word, because you're going to face things in life. You're going to get knocked down if you don't have that understanding and knowledge. I mean, we don't have all the time in the world. There's moments you've got to be ready for.
0: Well, what are you standing on? Yeah. I mean, it's real easy. The foundation, you get, you've get, you got rock or granite or you've got sand. Yeah. And, you know, I think too many people get in those situations where the moment can be overwhelming unless you're rooted and grounded in faith, that trust to God and yeah. knowing who God is and understanding his promise. and And so— So you're in the military 10 years, you're deployed to Iraq months from when you, you got in, how long were you there?
1: What? We were there. We got there. I think it was March of 2003 and was there left the following April. Um, and so it just,
0: that's a year. Yeah.
1: I frequently think about this. A McDonald manager made more money than me the year I was deployed to Iraq. (laughs) Um, and I didn't get time off, uh, but but I loved it. I learned a lot, um, and I don't know. You can ever be ready for that. Um, uh, there's no amount of training to prepare you. Uh, kind of funny that we were. It was probably mid to late April, and we went from Kuwait all the way up to Mosul, and we're setting in Mosul. And the first time we actually got shot at, like like for real, I my adrenaline was pumping so hard. I was driving the Humvee. I almost passed out. <laughs> like I like i had never felt, you know, you ride roller coasters, you get a fist fight, a little bit different bullets start flying. (laughs) It's a little bit different. (laughs) Um, so I don't know, you can ever prep for going into that, but you know, as we settled in, it was just second, the things we did know, and we didn't know a lot going into that type of, of scenario, but the things we did know became second nature and you just did them, um, almost just on cue. When this happened, you do this, when this happens, you do this, um, You know, a weapon jams, you do this. This type of contact, you do this. And it just, you know, you maneuver it the best you can based on what you know. And it's interesting because if I take that piece that really set me up um, to operate my life with structure, discipline, um, learning processes, going through checklists and doing all that. If I take that and then I get to Guts Church in, I think it was 2005, something like that, Keeley, my wife, had invited me there. Um, Man, that was when my relationship with God changed. I'd never had a local church that I was plugged into a part of. And the hearing, you know, hearing the word taught there, the local church gave me a place to build on just promise on promise, layer on layer. And, you know, we're 17 years later or so still there, and I'm just telling you, that local church and being plugged in and a part of it, and it's a staple of what you've always said, Psalms 92, 13, but being plugged into that local church, um, it's, it's positioned me to continue to grow. So, you know, as a private, you learn this handful of things and you implement them. But when you're an E6, E78, major, whatever it is, you're operating at a diff, totally right. different level with a totally different set of, of operating procedures. I will say as a man of God setting under, you know, you've been my pastor for 17 years. I operate different than I did in 2006. And it's, it's wisdom, it's knowledge, it's understanding, and it's building on that.
0: So when you do take the shots, you're ready for them. Well, that major has, he's a major because his understanding level is that high. And, you know, I, I think about this and the, the whole platform of faith that, that we espouse our life toward that when you look at it, you, you, you mentioned, you use the word cue that, you know, you go to your cues, you go back to your, you build. You, you got a base, you got to go back to that base. You got to, and for me, the world's full of trigger words today. The world's full of where, wh- what do you identify with? Well, those mm-hmm. are all taken from the kingdom. They're, the the word, are, God's promise is full of trigger words. Mm-hmm. And there's those power words that hit you. You know, you think that Jesus said, look, you're going to receive power. You're going to receive Dunamis power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Well, in looking at this, that w- what's what's dynamis when well, we get the word dynamite. It's like you're, you're 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 driving that Humvee heading into battle. Bullets are flying. Your adrenaline shoots past where it's ever been. Well, that's the the nature of God now on the inside of us is it, 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 it works. It operates the same way, and it cues, but it triggers. The promise of God that we stand on that you said we're steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the lord that's our that's the guidelines for our life now yeah, and there, there's too many men that it's like well i don't want to be offensive or or i don't you know we were I walked in in a conversation you guys were talking about words we can't use anymore it's like i can't keep up with it anymore <laughs> i mean it's like if 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 something I say but when I want to be offensive, I know how to be offensive. <laughs> but if I don't want to be offensive and if, if it is offensive, you got to forgive me. Yeah. Because you can't keep up anymore. Yeah. It changes literally every single day. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, I thought about this that we're going to wake up one day and they're going to say, "Look, it's it's rude for you to talk, speak of gravity." <laughs> I'm like, "Okay. Are we are uh, how long are we going to play the game?" And that's where that's where I'm at. I mean, look, I'm not playing the game. I'm not going to go out of my way to, man. If 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 something offends you, then man, let me know and I'll try not to do it or I'll try not to say it. But but the Bible talks about that. There's a day coming where they're going to call evil good and good evil. Well, that's we're we're at that that point today, and we know what good is. We're going to stay and honor God in that good. And we're going to defend people and we're going to love people and we're going to, but we're going to honor God. Yeah. And I think for you, that's what, that's probably what you gained in the military, that you gained that sense of there's honor out there and that's what I'm going to be attracted toward. But you're a man of honor now. And see, that's what we grow into. There's there's basic tenements that humility, generosity, honor. I mean, there's... There's not many more, and that's that's where our strength comes from, you know, where God's grace becomes sufficient. God God graces us generally as as believers, as Christians, as his kids, but then specifically for the situations. There's situational grace that God gives us no matter what battle we're in. Yeah.
1: Well, and I'm and I'm simple. I'm I, I, I try not to make things hard. And what's great about God's word is it's laid out. I mean, you, everything you brought up. I mean, the fruit of the spirit. That's what we operate in, right? And so it, it, it makes it easy for men. I think men need to keep things simple because when we, when we make things complicated and we start splitting hairs, at least I can. I can rationalize anything to myself. But when I take away that ability to rationalize things away, because what I'm going to do is live a life that honors God. And it's like, well, how do you do that? Well, let's go, with the, let's go back to the, what the word says. This isn't hard. Um, to your point, I'm, I don't, I'm not going to look to offend you. If I do, let me know. I'll, I'll you know, try not to, to wait in that again, but your emotions aren't my responsibility, right? Uh, th- those, that's your responsibility. You've got to learn to deal with hurt. And I think what we've done, we, we're setting up generations to everything's everyone else's fault. When I feel bad, it's your fault, not my own, I mean, we have to take responsibility for our lives as a society, but particularly as men, because as we get soft, society is going to get soft and we're seeing it bend that way right now to where man, a strong guy that's going to stand up and lead. There's so much criticism on him because, you know, maybe he's not emotional enough or kind enough or that's just too harsh. The world's harsh. I mean, if if we took a wad of guys and dropped them off in the Ukraine right now, out of America, I think their head would spin. Oh. I mean, what these young men and women are dealing with over there right now is, is I mean, I don't think most of America can fathom. And I love everybody flying the Ukraine flag and all that, you know, supporting them. But I think it's all tongue in cheek. I think we have to be men that stand up. We're going to do the right things. We're going to toe the line. We're going to live the life um, that is above reproach. And let's just t- take, the, take God's word, lay it on your life. And if it doesn't look that way, I mean, we're, we need to be doing what, I mean, we're going to say what we hear our father say, and we're going to do what we see our father do. If you're doing those things, your life's going to be pretty incredible, and the fruit that you're gonna produce from that, because of the impact on other people's lives is I think it'll be immeasurable. I don't think that anyone's gonna have anything they can point back at you. And yes, the world is gonna try and bend this and we're gonna navigate that. But I think if we hold to those truths, uh the 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 life we get to live is just um just gonna to be top notch.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be incredible. Yeah. And and that's the life you have. You know, talking about this, there's the, the whole battle with, with identifying mothers and fathers and birthing people or whatever, whatever it is, the, the, the point to me is that a father love, that's going to protect, protect and provide. Yeah. A mother's love is going to nurture, and, and it, it goes from there. But when we take on a nurturing element, where that becomes a primary— and I'm not saying fathers can't be nurturers, yeah. but that can't be our primary— our primaries protect and provide. And see, in looking at that, it's so who's doing that if the if the fathers aren't doing it, if their men aren't doing it? You know, that's the 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 plight of of so much of of generations that don't have strong dads, that don't have dads that are protective and 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 providers, that that all they get is that nurturing side. So they learn how to protect and provide the way the street does or the way the 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 school does or and that's not who's raising our kids Man, kids are raised at home you know i mean the whole idea i remember when you know the big debate in the 70s and early 80s about well they're taking prayer out of school they're taking you know this is before i had kids and i'm thinking you know what if they can stop us from teaching our kids to pray because they're not doing it at school, teach them arithmetic, teach them language, teach them history and science, I, we'll take care of the rest at home. This is before I had kids. But see, I think the, the, the strength of the home is developing kids in, in the, the, the core values of what life is. Vision, mission, core values, those things come from the home, not from the school. And we're looking for it. We want to play it off, and you know, to me, it's you know the 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 struggle in public education now, the the struggle, and and even in private education. I mean, it's I I couldn't imagine, and I get it. I'm sixty four years old. I couldn't imagine going home and saying, "Hey, I get sent to the principal's office," and they were still paddling in principal's office in my day. I couldn't imagine going home and saying, "Hey." I went, I got sent the Man, you're not going to believe what that principal said to me. You're not going to believe that teacher, what that teacher, man, I'm going to get it at home. Man, now it's like, oh my gosh, you you, you sent my kid to the principal's office. It's like, to me, that's a rite of passage for a boy. Oh, yeah. If you're raising a boy that never gets sent to the principal's office, I think you got to check things.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I think I got paddled in 98, 99 in public schools. I mean, you get a month of Saturday detentions for half a day or three whoopings. It was like, swing away. I know you can't hit me that hard. You'll get in trouble. Uh, no, but to your, I, yes, I think you're, I think you're spot on. I, I just think that I, I, you said something about just the marriage and the home and the way my wife is the better half of this whole deal. I mean, she keeps everything in order. Yes. I mean, our home's in order. Um, your marriage has been a model for so many people, including me. I mean, your wife's incredible, she's consistent, she's steady, she's strong, she's loving, she's all these incredible things, and this is just the outside looking in. There's probably so much more you can say, but I look at my wife, and that's what she brings. That's what my kids get from her, and in return, it actually positions us together to just take on the world. And when she's operating in what is natural to her, and and it it puts me in a position to operate what's natural to me— it's like there's no hill we can't take together. And I, you know, I just think when we begin to tear that apart and, and try to put, you know, a round peg in a square hole, it's going to have there's going to be challenges that come from that. And we're seeing it in the public school systems where everything's acceptable. And uh, I don't know if you've heard this or not, but apparently kids can go to school as animals now.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and, and this is called furries.
0: Well, and there's <laughs> litter boxes in classrooms. <laughs> I'm not a cat person. I'm just telling you, I don't, I've I've never, I've never saw, I've never seen a cat and think, oh, I like that cat. I've never, okay? But when, when we're, we have children identifying as cats or kittens, somebody's got to say, hey, time out. We've got to, we've got to look back at our basic values. I'm not judging anybody. I get it. People just want to fit in. And you know what? If they can't, they're going to make their own rules. Mm -hmm. Well, we can't, we can't do that. That's anarchy. And you know, there's, it, it, when when we think about it, the church is based upon the simple principles of a kingdom. We're going to do it the way the king mandates us to do it. It's the king's domain. That's a kingdom. And and we look at it that that's how we have to build our lives, based upon that, that kingdom. The world's going to go bad crap crazy as often as it can. You know why? That sells, and it used to be it sells newspapers, but But that's what gets views now. That's what gets people likes now. It's like, can you believe this? It's like, oh, my gosh, there's so many things that the Internet has provided a platform for ridiculous. And I think we have to look at it and adjust. The Bible talks about the children of Issachar who were invaluable men of valor. But here's what they they understood the times to be able to direct Israel. Well— that's what we need in homes. That's what, that's what we have to—dads have to develop into, into men who are men of valor that understand the times to direct their families. Yeah.
1: Well, and I, but I think with that, men have to step up. I, I could just tell you the, the, a lot of the people I'm running into, the men aren't stepping up so the women are. The men are quitting on their families so the women are having to step up. And I think this goes back to, I mean, men— Men need to step up right now. Men need to take responsibility. They need to be consistent for their families. There's, there's so much that needs to be addressed. And I'll go back to, take it back to the local church. If, you, if you're plugged into a local church, you're probably getting um, the word, good sound wisdom. Uh, and if you're not, it's easy just to be detached. I was talking with a guy a couple mornings ago. We go do jujitsu Wednesday mornings, new into this. It's great though. We roll around. I mean, it's, choke each other out, slap each other. It's probably 10 of us are all buddies, but we're leaving after we get done. And we just started talking about, it. he said, man, I was in a dark place not too long ago. And I realized it's actually a whole lot easier to not live a life of serving God than it is to not. And so I was, I was looking at that. I was like, well, yeah, because you can just do whatever you want. Right. There's no accountability. There's no set standards. Whatever you think goes, whatever you feel goes, you can be the victim all the time. And I think a lot of people now, they just, it has to be someone else's fault. And I think pulling men back into the church, I think it's so important. That, that for me has given me the, it has brought consistency in my life for 17 years. And as a kid, wonderful mom and dad, they're incredible. But we moved, I don't know, probably 12 times. Like all I knew was change. And so joining the military and, and moving back to Tulsa, getting plugged into to, to Gutch Church, I've been there 17 years. This, it's the most consistent place I've ever had that has consistently in a healthy manner shared the Word of God for 17 years. And now I'm here 17 years later and, and probably have just some crazy stories I could tell about how God— um, opened up doors and positioned me to be where I'm at. And I'm, I'm just telling you, I'm not where I am without my relationship with God because I would have messed this thing up a long time ago. But the word of God has brought a foundation and a fiber into my life that's given me something to stand on for 17 years.
0: Yeah. And the, the foundation's the key. That I mean, absolutely the key. And that's where God's promise is. It, it, it's not, listen, it's not the structure, it's the foundation. We build upon that foundation that's the, the 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 incredible thing the glorious thing about God is he lets us build our lives he just provides the foundation we can choose not to use a foundation you know I mean husbands and wives sandy is amazing okay she do not like the way I drive ever she don't, I'm telling you if i'm going too slow she's saying hey come on let's go if i'm if, if i'm g- getting hogged at or Flipped off or whatever. She's like, are you trying to set a record getting honked at or flipped off? But see, it doesn't matter whether it's hot or cold, how I'm driving, but that's, listen, that's, that. that's the makeup of a man and a woman. We're different. We look at things different. We see things different. We speak differently. And, and I, you know, all too often she's like, well, there's a better way for you to probably say it. Yeah. If I was a chick, I'd probably say it that way. And I'm not, I'm, I, we need to own that. But, but the problem is, is men aren't comfortable being men because they're always getting challenged. If you're if you're going to be a man, if you're going to be a man of God, you're always going to be challenged, always. You're going to get up and there's going to be a challenge every single day. And, you know, it's interesting because, you know, so much of ministry today for me are it's fashion, it's likes, it's notoriety, it's, and, and I'll, I'll tell you, the it, it's a little bit it's 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 a bit crude or crass the way I look at it, but i'll I'll listen to somebody and the, speaking I'll just think you know that guy's never been punched in the mouth, and there's something to that you know that jesus the 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 word talks about turning the other cheek, so we need to expect being- getting struck and how to handle that and I, I listen. It's not in a pugilistic way. It's not, but the the whole jujitsu thing is, it's it 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 work. It, it helps us work things out. The masculine part of us, mm-hmm. and and I think that I, I think the ministry's lost it, and I'm not saying totally lost it, but it's kind of slipped through our fingers. It's you know when you when you think about it, I hear I hear these old timers when I when I first became a Christian. How churches dealt with men who were abusive to their wives—they they weren't calling the authorities, which I think it's important to call the authorities. They they stopped by the house, they asked the guy to get in the truck, and they drove out in the woods, and and then they drove him back, and he's he's got a chipped tooth and a, a swollen eye, and he's frying eggs for his wife to get up for breakfast. But the but the point is, is that and I'm not I'm not saying that's how we handle things, but but we've completely lost. The, the tough side of things or the grit side of things or the, the gut side of things that, that it, I don't know how we ever get it back. Because when we look at issues in the world, and it's easy for us to point these things out, they all, judgment starts in the house of the Lord. They all started in what we refer to as God's house, that we've left the door open, that, we've, that we haven't, haven't protected the environment. You know, there's a culture in God's house, and that culture has to be changing, so that generations can come in and take take the lead. Man, it's like like them handing Saul's armor over to David. David's like, "What am I going to do with this?" He, He he wasn't dissing David's armor or Saul's armor, but he's like, "You know what? I'm not. This isn't how I operate." And I look at it that. It, it's not something that I want to stand on the rooftop and scream to the masses, but we've got to choose this day whom we're going to serve. I'm going to serve myself. I'm going to serve. I'm going to serve the trends. I'm going to serve our society, or I'm going to serve God. And there's, those are all completely different. And we our yes has to be yes. Our no has to be no. We've got to live our life without excuses, without explanations. One hundred percent. And we're, we get too great at explaining ourselves. You know, I look, at, I look at Israel, you know, all throughout the Old Testament. It's failure after failure after failure after failure. Why? They didn't have a Savior. God's kingdom wasn't, wasn't established. You know, God was on the throne, but let me tell you, God gave them what they wanted, so, when Paul talks about in the, in the first couple chapters of Romans, the wrath of God, it's shocking. It's like, oh my gosh, the wrath of God isn't a lightning bolt from heaven or God, God, God punching us. No, the wrath of God is God giving us what we want, God giving us what we ask for. So, they wanted to be, they wanted idolatry. So, they had 70 years of captivity in Babylon. They wanted a king. God gave them Saul. They wanted the law. God gave them the commandments. They knew, he knew they couldn't live by him. But see, we have to look at this now and think, wait a second, we're in a new and better covenant. We're at his kingdom has been established. See, God loves you because he put his spirit in you. That's what God connects with. That's what God identifies with. Not our fashion and not the the football team we root for, not the college we went to, but it's his spirit that's on the inside of us. And that's got to become who we are. You know, we get, we've, we've. Made these terms. There's there's almost no punch to them when you talk about a spirit filled believer. It's like, do you know what that is? That's a lit stick of freaking dynamite walking around. I mean, it's gonna blow things up. And and we have to look at it where the meekness and gentleness is there it's not passivity at all.
1: It's funny you went into that. I've, I've been reading Corinthians, First Corinthians one through four, and it talks a lot about that, and just that we have the mind of Christ, that we have that spirit in us now, and that the, there's, there's, there's things of God that won't resonate with logic and with the flesh, but everything that God lays out will resonate with your spirit. And I, so there for me, it's an unfair advantage because there's a confidence I walk in now because I have the mind of Christ. Those hidden things, those things that, that, that maybe didn't make sense, well, now they resonate with my heart, with who I am as a man of God. And so the logic and everything the world's operating in, it's, it's, it's going to hit them different. And so when we receive this, that dunamis power that, that we operate in and walk out in our lives, it, it's that being spirit led into that. I mean, the Holy Spirit's going to lead us into all truth. And so going back to what the word says, if this, either this is all true or none of it is. right. So if, if you're going to live this life, grab a hold of it and live the most amazing life
0: imaginable. Well, and you know, you just look at look at the first chapter of Acts where it said you're going to receive power, you're going to receive dunamis. That word, wait, wait, we can't just gloss over it. We can't just skim read it. It's like, wait a second, we're going to receive dynamite power, supernatural, miracle producing power that's going to be in us now. I mean, it's it's shocking when you when you look at it.
1: It is. You said something a minute ago about when guys, you know, get hit in the mouth, are they ready for it? Um, I was just thinking about it in the word. It talks about, you know, what you built everything on will be tested in the fire. And uh, last couple of weeks, I've had some interaction with guys at church. But I've had guys that you probably won't want to fist fight on the street. But I'll walk by them in church on a Sunday or we're leaving and they're sitting there with their head down. It's like, hey, you good. And they won't even lift their head and look at you. And when they do, these grown men are balled up in tears. Yeah, And I, was, I think about that, and I think we have men that are beat up, run down, and isolated, and that don't have the foundation maybe they thought they did, or maybe they're finding their way in the church. And I think as men of God, we have to get our arms around them and begin to help them to build a foundation that 17, 18, 20, 30, 40 years later, they can be standing and saying, man, I'm a man of God, and here's what we've done. And I just, I just think we have to get back to making things simple. This is not hard. None of it is.
0: Well, I, I'll tell you what I, what I deal with is the vocationally successful people that come in, become entrepreneurial because the word's working in them. They get successful, and now their time and their efforts and their vision is vocational, yeah. economic rather than spiritual in the kingdom of God.
1: You you said this, but I think you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think 10 years is kind of that number where where you've kind of thrown out there. If if somebody's been around for 10 years, they're serious about it. And, and so to your point, you have people that come in, it's like they show up and they're getting after it in their career and they're doing things, but everything outside of their career, their career is a disaster. And then right. they, they come in and, and and God's word begins to operate them. And then I think we get a little haughtiness to us. And we forget just to walk in humility and stay humble, but stay hungry for more God. And then we get in a place where we think we've arrived. And 17 years of the church, I don't know how many people, men, came in messed up. marriages is messed up. They're single. They're messed up. They've come in. After a couple of years, you see it turning around. It's like, that's incredible seeing what God's doing in life. But then after year three and four and five, they're gone. And you hear about them years later, and, right. and it's all come
0: unhinged. Yeah, it's, you forget you came in. I was a train wreck when I came to Jesus. I know what life's like outside there, you know? And yeah, it's been over 40 years ago, but I haven't lost track of that. I know what I'm capable of without what God's given me, the the platform of life God's given me. And we, the things in this world we have to hang on to loosely. I mean, the things that got the, the, the two things God ordained was marriage in the church. And those are the things guys quit on so easily. Yeah. I mean, marriage in the church, stay married, man, stay at the church. See, and the bottom line is you can go back 28 or 30 years ago and look at video of, of the messages, the message hasn't changed. It's still faith in God. It's still say to this mountain be removed and be cast into the sea. It's still I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's still now, thanks be to God, who always causes me to triumph in Christ. See, the bait the platform, yeah, it it uh, hopefully it's stronger. But I think guys are are satisfied with broadening their their stream, but it's staying very shallow. Yeah. And what God's put on my heart now you're 30 of the church and 42 or three years of, as a Christian is making sure that stream, the middle of it at least, is deep. Man, dredging that out. Man, making sure the residue and, and things haven't come in to, to keep it where it's, it's not habitable for people.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and with, with what you're saying there is I think that without vision, you're in trouble as a man because I think people come in and they know their life's messed up maybe directly and immediately right now. And that's where I was. I was sitting on the stairs going up into our house and just was just a mess for a lot of years. But, and I knew I needed change. And so, you know, I grasped whatever I knew. And I think, so guys come in or women or, whoever's, they're going to come in, but they get that fix and they're done. And it's like, well, there's more. So I think without vision to carry you, I think that it's very that 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 stream is very shallow. And I think that that when you get vision in your life, you have something to hold on to beyond my marriage getting a little bit better or my kids getting a little bit better or me getting a little bit better or a little more money, whatever it is you're after. I I have a kingdom purpose to my life. So the company I get up every day, I don't get up every day to go make a sale. I don't get up every day to go to go write up some deals. I get up every single day because I want to establish the kingdom of God what god did for me he wants to do for everyone for everyone it's available and so it's like okay well i need to get up every day and i'm going to put my hand to something that's going to put resource in my hand that i can reinvest into the kingdom so that more people can come to know christ and what he did for me they'll do for them that's why i get up every day so it doesn't matter if it's a tuesday a sunday a saturday it doesn't matter if it's 2019 or 2040. I'm getting up to establish the kingdom of God today. And so I get up and I run hard every day for that.
0: Well, that's amazing. And, and you know, I, I know other podcasts go three or four hours. This goes 30 to 40 minutes. So we're probably close. Uh, we're right there. Uh, Josh, thank you. Thank you, sir. And let's do it again. Love to. Because, uh, I mean, the feedback I'm sure we're going to get from this is, yeah, but— man, I want to hear about this, and I want to hear about this. I mean, it's, the bottom line is, my message, and I, I know it's obvious, but it's the man. It's, okay, wake up. and the coffee's being brewed. The sun's up. Man, let's go. Yeah. Because you work while the sun's shining because there's a day coming where night's going to fall and no man can work. And I don't want to look back on it, and, uh, you know, it's interesting because the Bible says to to obey those who are in who are in authority over you in the church, okay? Yeah, I pastor church, so—but because—and here's the, the weightiest thing in my life. I'll tell you what it is. Because they have to make account for your soul. So I'm going to have to stand before God on how Josh Turpin thinks, not what you do or what you say— but that you you see yourself not as a victim anymore, not it but not as a hero, but as a man of God. And I tell you, just the the scruples of your life, the the standards that you keep, you know, you and Keeley, those girls. I mean, it it's to me it it from from my where I sit, it honors God. So I want to thank you.
1: Yes, sir. Thank you.
0: And I want to I want to say God bless you to everybody that's watched this and. And uh and stay faithful. Yes, sir.